I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Katie's podcast. Welcome back. Good morning. Good morning. It is so good to have you again and for you to have us again. <laughs> it's just so good for you to have us again. It's you know? <laughs> so great for us to be in your ears um, and you choosing us again. We really do appreciate <laughs> it. Um, how's your day going, listener? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> how's your day going, Katie? <laughs> uh, my day is going going good. We got a lot going on right now. A lot of just appointments and things and back and forth and just lots of stuff. We've been sick too in our house. So now we have the flu going through, which Lame. is, yeah, I know. We've It feels like literally for four months or more we've just been like one person will be sick and just pass yeah. it on to the next person and just part of having a little baby and yeah. <laughs> you know using the nursery at church and things yeah. like that and they just bring stuff back but it's the way life goes so how about you I'm good I'm I feel like I've had a really just good refreshing week I've gotten mm-hmm. to spend a lot of time with friends and um hang out outside which I love so good. <laughs> I know the weather has been a little crazy in San yeah. Diego the last few weeks and it's, there's been some warm sunny days lately yes. which is just what we deserve is what we pay for here, absolutely you know? <laughs> it is what we pay for and yeah I've gotten some nice beach days it's been fun so I don't know I'm living life I'm having a good you're feeling good having a good time do you feel like it would be good for you to share what the Lord kind of like spoke to you recently because it, it does filter well into this episode we're going to yeah, be talking about absolutely if you'd feel comfortable <clears throat> so I was at home group last night and I was in like a prayer group. We, you know, do prayer at the end of every night. And I was sharing with the girls I was praying with that I, um, you know, I'm feeling a little bit nervous as I prepare to maybe not work at (laughs) my current workplace anymore that I might not get to see some of like the ministry seeds I've planted Mm -hmm. there like come to fruition. Well, you've had some pretty miraculous interactions and conversations and it's been very obvious the Lord's hand has been like, like you've been put there. Yes. Yeah. It's been like very evident since the beginning, like people feeling comfortable sharing things with me where I'm like, whoa, like obviously the Holy Spirit's in that because there's no reason why you should just come up to me on a random Tuesday afternoon and start (laughs) sharing sharing. (laughs) the pits of your soul. (laughs) Yeah. Like bearing your soul to me. And it's not just one person. I've got like five people that regularly come up to me and share like things about their life. And it's just... It's really encouraging, very cool. Um, And I've loved that. I've developed a genuine just like love for the people that I work with. And I am like feeling a little bit sad at the thought of leaving soon and maybe not getting to see some of these things like develop all the way through. And I was kind of saying like I've been inviting people to church, but they haven't come or, you know, I've gotten these opportunities where I think, is this person about to give their life to the Lord? And then they don't, you know, and so interrupted or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. And so I was just kind of sharing that frustration and uh, one of the girls, shout out to Caitlin from Home Groove, if you listen to this, um, she was sharing that she just kind of got a picture of like Moses standing on the edge of the promised land mm-hmm. and like how he didn't get a 
he didn't get to enter. He didn't even get to see. Granted, yeah. that was because of his own sin, but he did not get to see the fruition of these 40 years of wandering in the desert, mm-hmm. his time in Egypt, like everything that he just did. All his the long, long life of. Yes. <laughs> yeah. His long life of faithfulness to the Lord. And he didn't get to see the promised land. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't get to see the Israelites experience that. And so, um, she and the other girl I was praying with were just like encouraging me that just because like I don't see the fruits of something does not mean that the Lord doesn't bring fruit to those situations. Yeah. And then I was just kind of like thinking about my time there and how at the beginning of this, I kind of was saying that I have to remember that the Lord desperately wants these people's souls more than I want them to experience. the Lord, mm-hmm. Like more than I could ever want them to experience what I have like the Lord wants them mm-hmm. um, in his fold. Yeah. <laughs> and so that is something I'm kind of having to uh, kind of cling to in this time because it's really, really sad, the thought of like leaving and not knowing. Mm-hmm. And I do hope that like one day I get the chance to talk to these people when they give their lives to the Lord and they want to come back and tell me about it or whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was just a great picture. It was a little bit discouraging at first. Like, I don't want to stand on the edge of the promised land. Yeah. Like, I really don't. Yeah. But uh, just that the Lord has goodness and, and plans in that as mm-hmm. well. So that's kind of my story. It's awesome. I before I was here just maybe five minutes before Katie got here and she had posted this this story on her close friend story on Instagram my close friends has been quite the topic of conversation yeah we should just include all of you in Katie's (laughs) close friend story because there's been quite the quite the happenings lately uh but I was my like jaw dropped listening to this (laughs) listening to her tell this because what we're talking about today which was the only thing that I wanted to talk about today is the end of Moses's ministry and not specifically from the same angle that Katie has been sharing right here. But I just thought it was such a cool coincidence, like, you know, not a coincidence, but make maybe, you know, from her perspective of what we're going to talk about now, maybe this is something the Lord wants to plant in your heart or show you or remind you of. And, um, yeah. So today what we're talking about is remembering. We're going to talk about the, idea, the importance, the principle of remembrance as a believer. And before we get into that, Katie, I would like to know from you, or maybe from, you know, you've heard people say this, maybe <laughs> that you're like sharing yeah. sharing the gospel with or whatever. What would it take for you to be 100% completely convinced of God, like completely convinced of his character? How could he prove himself to you that you would trust without any wavering at all? What would that take? Because I mean, even realistically, right? Like yeah. we we believe we have faith. We're yeah. saved. And there's still moments where it's like, oh gosh, like we still have to remind ourselves of the goodness of God. Yeah. So what would it take? To have me fully convinced of 100% of convinced. Of his goodness in particular. Well, just of or God. Just of, God. of who he his is. His existence. That he is, is this God. Yeah. Um, honestly, for me to have like zero need for faith, mm-hmm. <laughs> it would literally yeah. take like Jesus Christ standing in front of me, having me put my fingers in the holes in yeah. his hands. Like Old Timothy I, situation. <laughs> Thomas. But Tom- yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so hey, silly. We'll cut that. You need to go back and read <laughs> the Bible. I know Just who kidding. Thomas is. I know you did. That's why I corrected you. Because oh, I knew you knew. But yeah. um, like literally a, a doubting Thomas situation. Yeah. And that's, that's been a theme in my own life. Anyways, mm-hmm. like just searching for answers mm-hmm. all the time and wanting to be 100% sure all the time and yeah. not getting that 
Yeah. <laughs> in reality, as a Christian, that that's why it's called faith. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what it would take for me. But I find that when I'm sharing the Lord with people, mm-hmm. a lot of the times it's like, well, I just need everything in my life to be easy. Mm-hmm. Like everything just has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. If there's any like shadow of like discomfort or like ickiness yeah. in their life, they're like, well, God's not real. And it's like, okay, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think those are great answers. I think those are probably common answers that make up for the most mm-hmm. of them. I was thinking about this and I was like, yeah, the same kind of things are coming to my mind where like my problems are solved. Um, you know, I see God, yeah. like I physically see God or I see a crazy miracle or, yeah. <clears throat> you know, things like that. And like the crazy thing is I've seen miracles. Like, I've seen things like that happen. <laughs> yes. But I was thinking of this specifically in relationship to the Israelites because all the things that we are talking about here, Miracles, signs, wonders, audible voice of God, seeing God, being led by God, fully provided for by God, Mm -hmm. all of their needs met. And they still (laughs) struggled with unbelief. So it's not that those things alone are enough. Because what I'm going to argue here today and I think is true and (laughs) backed up by the word of God, we are forgetful. Mm. That is just part of our human nature is that we are forgetful. Um, And this whole study that I'm going to do today is born out of a snippet from a devotional book that I've been going through written by one of our um, founding pastors at Foothills, and it's called Eating from the Tree of Life. Fantastic devotional book. And we'll link it here for you guys. But let me just brief snapshot synopsis. If you haven't read Exodus, if you haven't read, you know, through some of the Pentateuch, this is what God did for Israel. Like they saw with their own eyes, they heard, they touched, they felt, they smelled, like all of it. They Mm -hmm. were here for these things. God came in, heard their cries after hundreds of years of slavery, like actual slavery to the Egyptians, and he performed miracles, signs and wonders, plagues, like supernatural plagues of, you know, frogs and the Nile turning to blood and the sky being blacked out for three days and all of these crazy things that um, they were actually protected from. Like the, the Hebrews themselves did not bear the consequences of most of these plagues after the first couple. And they saw this. They saw this happen. They knew it was their God coming to deliver them. Um, They saw miraculous showings of the power of God. They were, you know, released by Pharaoh and then Pharaoh chased them down. They were terrified and afraid. They were being actually physically led by a manifestation of God's presence himself, by a (laughs) pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud that like led them exactly where they needed to go. They watched an actual sea part before them, let them through and then come crashing down upon their enemies, like literally wiping out the armies of Pharaoh. Okay. They were then provided for in an actual wilderness, given food, meat, water, everything they needed. They actually also left Egypt full of treasures and riches and gold and all of these things. They were brought before Mount Horeb and spoken to by the audible voice of God, okay, as an entire nation and given a covenant from the voice of God himself. Again, they were so terrified. They asked him never to do that again. So then he spoke to Moses. (laughs) They're like, please don't. Yes. They were delivered from enemies. Like all of these things that make no sense. Literally, I'm like any of these things if I saw them. Of course, I would not be as foolish and faithless as the Israelites, right? All these things, like literally on the on the tales of being spoken to about from God himself, about the covenant he was making with them, being consecrated as his own people and made into a nation for the first time, all these things. Uh, they turn around 
and <laughs> they make idols. And there's all these kinds of rebellions and things that happen and um, priests rebelling and sons of priests rebelling and all these things and whole factions that break off. And multiple times God like opens the ground and swallows up the rebels or like all these insane things where over this period of 40 years of wandering the wilderness, they see again and again and again the protection, the provision, the healing, the goodness of God to them. Yeah. And yet <laughs> they cannot remember. Mm-mm. They cannot remember these things. Instead, it turns into, oh, I'm really tired of manna. Like, I'm really tired of quail. I would just love, like, anything else. Egypt is better. Yeah, like, I would just, like, really love to be in slavery again. Literally. Well, <laughs> actually, from their mouths. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, for real. That's um, not me just being drama. That's right. Like- and so you would think, like, that's enough. That's enough. Um, but it wasn't. And so all of that is just context to lead us to. And really, you should read this all for yourself. You should read Exodus. You should read Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You should read all of this for yourself. I would encourage you to study it. I've been in it lately, and it's been like so fresh to me. But what I want to read to you today is out of Deuteronomy 4. And so we're going to be jumping around through Deuteronomy 4. Before you go more into this episode, I would recommend you read that whole chapter just for yourself. So pause here, maybe read that or listen to it on your Bible app. But I'm going to read, starting in verse 9, a few verses here. And this is Moses's like last address to the people of Israel because um, after these rebellions that happened, God said, hey, anyone over the age of 20, like this whole generation that came out of Egypt, um, you're faithless. <laughs> and as punishment for your unbelief, you're not going to ever see the promised land. Like you're never going to step into it. And so literally all this whole generation died before the Hebrews were able to cross the Jordan and take the land that God had promised to Abraham hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before. Moses was one of these people, like Katie was mentioning before. And mm-hmm. um, he had sins of apathy and anger and all these things that like led to that punishment being for him as well. But um, he is addressing the people. He's saying, I'm going to die soon. Like these are the words of the Lord to you. And Moses spoke to God face to face. Like he was a friend of God. It's kind of insane. <laughs> but we're going to start here in verse nine. This is Moses addressing the Israelites. Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen and they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life, but make them known to your sons and grandsons. And then he's saying, remember that day that you stood before the Lord at Horeb um, when God like audibly spoke to them, but we're going to skip through a little bit here. He's, he's qualifying it a little bit. He says, then the Lord spoke to you from the midst of the fire. You heard only the sound of words, but you saw no form, only a voice. So watch yourselves carefully since you did not see any form on the day the Lord spoke to you at Horeb from the midst of the fire so that you do not act corruptly and make a graven image for yourselves. Okay, so he's saying, <laughs> yeah, sure, God like came down on this fire and spoke out of it to you audibly and we were consecrated as a nation. And this mm-hmm. insane, like you were in <laughs> yes. the actual presence of God in his glory. Um, but I know that's probably not enough for you and you're faithless. <laughs> yeah. So because it was just a voice, make sure you don't make idols to give yourself an image of God to worship. Because I kind of know that's like a problem of yours. That happens over and over and yeah. over and over again. Yeah. Which just crazy. You got a thing for a good graven image. You know <laughs> they, they really, they really do. But we're going to get there. So do we. But the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace from Egypt to be a people for his own possession as today. So watch yourselves that you do not forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you and made for yourselves a graven image in the form of anything against which the Lord your God has commanded to you. Um, so I think here, the intensity of his language, and there's there's a lot of verses in between these ones that I just read. So make sure you go and read them. But even in just these like couple verses, give heed, keep your soul diligently. 
Um, make these things known to the generations coming after you. Watch yourselves carefully. Watch yourselves. Like he says these things over and over again. Like, listen to me. I am yeah. an old man about to die. I have seen this. I have watched you in this whole time. And this is what you need to remember. If there's one thing you remember, it's to not forget. And forget here, um, and this is directly from the devotional I was telling you guys about, but the word for forget here isn't just like something leaving your mind, but it means to ignore or to wither. And so the implication here is that something has lost its power or influence over you. Mm. And so with that in mind, like we can forget anything, Yeah. right? You might not forget a friend, like you might not forget they exist, but you could forget the love that you shared with yeah. a friend. You will never forget your parents, like actually forget who they were, things like that. But you might forget their influence mm. or the things they taught you. You might not forget the like practicality of what you used to believe, but you can forget your convictions, right? You can forget things you're passionate about. You can forget your need for salvation. You can forget the joy of salvation. All of these things um, is not something any of us are immune to. And I've seen this again and again in my life, right? But there's a really great, great quote in this chapter of this devotional by Mark Hoffman that says, our life is determined by what we choose to remember and what we come to forget. Mm. Remembrance is a choice. Forgetfulness is the default. It's just what we fall into. So I don't know if you have any thoughts before we move on. I just, um, I think that's such a great definition for forget in the in the context of what we're talking about in particular. Because there's just no way that you can like actually forget that the Lord like actually physically met you in the wilderness. Right. You can't forget that. So mm-hmm. the Israelites aren't, you know, suffering some short-term memory loss. No. They are just not allowing these events to have a lasting impact on their spirits. Right. And you can on become their hard or cold to these things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I just think it's so interesting. And I know that this is what we're going to talk about, you know, moving forward and what we're saying today, but um, it really is so easy to do that in our own lives with the things that the Lord has brought us from. And it's mm-hmm. actually so funny because the other girl I was praying with at home group, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she was talking about how, she's just been experiencing like the glory of the Lord and how she just does not want to forget this time. Mm -hmm. And that was literally what we were praying about with her. So it's so funny because I just feel like all of this is tying in. It is. uh, The things I was talking about last night. So totally side note. (laughs) Yeah. Not coincidence at all. You know, the Israelites couldn't forget the taste of manna, right? It's Mm -hmm. not that they forget that there was this beautiful, sweet, perfect bread falling from heaven every day that they didn't have to worry about making or preparing or anything like that. Um, you know, they're, they're not forgetting the stories. They're not forgetting any of those things. Um, what they're forgetting is their need for it when they were desperate and they were hungry and they were wondering how they were ever going to eat again. And there's a whole generation, right, that Moses is talking to that were children or not yet born yeah. when that was first provided. And so That's they've true. also just come become accustomed to these things and they don't really um, understand their need for it. And thinking about it too, like they're they're like begging to go into Canaan. Um, they're begging to go in sooner than they're ready and all of these yeah. things. Let's just, let's just take it. Let's just do it. Let's not wait on the Lord because they're so desperate for the fruit of the vine and Canaan and all yeah. of these things and the honey and all this stuff when it's like, do you not realize what it takes to like farm? Like, do you not realize what it takes to actually <laughs> yes. like to bring crops from the ground? Like the effort and the toil and the the starvation and like all of these things that happen when it doesn't go well and yeah. um you know, you would rather have that toil than this like perfect provision from the Lord, but they did not even recognize their need and the like grace of God upon them. Um, We are all susceptible to that. None of us is immune. And so 
um, that feeds really well into this next section that I want to talk about, which is what causes us to forget God? Like what can cause us to forget our need for him, our love for him, his love for us, his character, his goodness, his provision, all those things. And the first one, which is exactly what we were just talking about, is blessings. I want to read Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 12 here. It says, then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you. This is the same speech also, the same sermon from, from Moses. Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build, houses full of all good things which you did not fill, and hewn cisterns which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, and you eat and are satisfied. So he's saying, hey, you're going to, you are going to take this land. God yeah. is going to give it to you. And it's going to be abundant. It's, it's going to be abundant. Great. And you're not going to have to do anything. You're going to yeah. just have to wait on the Lord and he's going to do it for you. And everything will be there, provided you're actually conquering a land that has already been tilled, a land that has already been built upon, cities, like all of these things, you're going to just take it over. I'm going to hand it to you. But what he says here is, then watch yourself that you do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. God's gifts can overshadow the giver if our, in our minds if we allow them to, Yeah. right? We so often, um, I, there's this phrase, I'm not sure where it comes from or whatever. I've just heard it so many times, but like seeking God's face instead of just seeking his hand, mm-hmm. right? Like seeking God for who he is rather than what he gives to us, what he offers us. And um, I think it's like a natural childlike thing, right? To be attracted to God for the things that he gives. And it's often a draw for a lot of people yeah. is to say like, oh, you know, um, this, this God is so good and whatever, whatever. But you can't have a real faith until you know your need for God and seek him for who he is first and do things on his terms. And so, you know, what I was thinking about here is what good things in our lives as believers, like today, can take the place of God's goodness and his provision of satisfaction? Like, what are some of those things that we are susceptible to? Because it's not, you know, cisterns that have been dug for us and things like that. While we do have crazy amenities and conveniences that we take for granted, but what other things can take that place? Well, I think of about people even getting like um, good education. That's like the first thing that popped in my mind. They get into the college they want to get into their studying really hard and they're thanking the Lord that they got into this college. They're on the track they want to be on and yet fully ignoring Mm -hmm. (laughs) the fact that then that means that God is worthy to be praised and they should be devoting every Mm -hmm. ounce of their devotion to him. Right. You know what I mean? And it becomes the the gift becomes the idol instead of instead of like a further reason for us to seek after the Lord and Mm -hmm. to to appreciate him. So I think that's the first thing that pops into my mind. And along the same lines, like, I mean, anything, it could be a job, it could be a spouse, like Mm -hmm. all of these things that the Lord has maybe like brought you through something troubling to get there or Mm -hmm. whatever. And you, you're so fixated on what you've been given that it actually just replaces the Lord. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that sounds dramatic, but it's not. Like we allow that to happen every day. And that's not something where it's like a conscious decision you make one day. I'm going to replace God with my marriage, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's something that you can decide to do every day through your actions. Right. And the, the choices you're making and the way that you think about the Lord or the way that you pursue the Lord or don't pursue the Lord mm-hmm. because you've forgotten every ounce of his faithfulness leading up to the blessing and are so fixated on the blessing. And Absolutely. so I think that, I think that's something so 
so extremely easy for us to fall into without even realizing it. Absolutely. And I, I agree with you. I don't think we need to go through and like list all these things because I think we know what they are for mm-hmm. ourselves. And I think it's different, different times of our lives and whatever. I think it can even just be the whole world of instant gratification that we live yeah. in, right? That it's so easy for us to get that quick hit of dopamine or whatever yeah. and just, um, you know, scroll through Instagram or do whatever that is, um, get that immediate gratification. But it's it's not a small thing. I think this is kind of the gateway for a lot of us into the next thing, which is idolatry. Um, yeah. So I want to read Deuteronomy 4.15. So watch yourselves carefully, since you did not see any form on the day the Lord spoke to you at Horeb from the midst of the fire, so that you do not act corruptly and make a graven image for yourselves. So I think this ties directly into blessings because when we start to, first of all, find our satisfaction in gifts yeah. instead of the giver, um, when those blessings take that seat in our heart, we then are convinced of our of the necessity of our efforts yeah. in keeping those things in our lives, right? That those things are worth all the effort we have, all the attention we have, whatever. And so then we think... Um, in the very primitive, like practical way that they're talking about here with idolatry, right? All these cultures in this time, in this land would have said, okay, um, you know, I'm, I'm really, I need these crops to come to a great harvest this year. And so I'm going to sacrifice to this God of the harvest and um, make this image of this God and honor them in my home so that I am somehow in control mm-hmm. of like the product of this blessing that I have, right? So yeah. I think the temptation of idolatry is is pride. And I think it is saying, I name God, I give God a face, yeah. I decide, you know, his terms, I decide, his place, exactly, his, yeah, his influence, what pleases him, yeah. all of these things. And um, like, even for us, right, if these good things, right, so these good things of a spouse, or an education, or a family, or a job, or money, or all these things that are not evil things, in and of themselves, right, when we overemphasize our own importance, in the protection and in the, um, you know, in these things existing in our lives, then we are tempted to make them an idol. And yeah. we're tempted to say, okay, I, de- I decide the terms of how and when and why and, you know, the way this satisfies me and the way that I have control over it. So, you know, idols we don't root out of our hearts keep coming back and new ones are always readily available. Yeah. So, you know, the Hebrews learned this idolatry from... Egypt, they learned it from the culture that they were born into, and then they learned it again from the Canaanites and all these things. But they, you know, the there were faithful Hebrews constantly throughout this whole process. There was always the remnant that was faithful and that God protected and blessed. Um, but this kept cropping up because this was never dealt with appropriately. Mm-hmm. And so when we see God's purification laws and all of these things that he said about, hey, not intermarrying unless these people are willing to take place in this covenant and not... Um, dealing with and trading with these people and um, not making peace like with this kind of like evil pagan idolatry, right? What he was trying to show them and trying to offer them was, hey, let's root these things out completely. Let's get these out of the way. So it's not an issue anymore. If we're not willing to deal with those things in our own heart and say, okay, Lord, search me, know me, see if there's any wicked idolatrous way in me, if there's any affinities that I have or things that I'm drawn to or things that, you know, you know, like I lacked in my childhood that I'm constantly searching for or whatever that looks like for you, right? If we're not willing to open ourselves up to the Lord like that, um, it's always going to keep cropping up in one way or another. Yeah. In one way or another. The Hebrews reverted back to what they knew whenever they faced stress, 
uncertainty or even just discontentment. We are the same. Yeah. We are no better. Yeah. <laughs> we do it all the time. Well, think about like you have to put your trust in the Lord, but we don't always know what his plans are, but maybe we have something that we do know how it's going to turn out. Yeah. If we if we turn to this thing in yeah. our time of need and we do know how maybe it's destructive. I I mean, I'm thinking as far as even like addictions. Totally. Like um Oh, this okay. absolutely has to do with that. Yeah. Right. So like, okay, maybe I I don't know how the Lord is going to deal with me in this situation, but I know how I know smoking marijuana will fill. <laughs> yeah. Or I know how drinking too much will yeah. affect this situation. I know how this like sexual sin is going to make me feel. I know exactly. that I can get an imitation of what, you know, the Lord yeah. can give me. And that's enough for now because I'm not willing to deal with it. Right. Right. Totally. And that's, I just think of that being that pride mm-hmm. of like choosing what like God is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the idolatry of okay, this thing, I've made it God mm-hmm. in this moment and I am, yeah. you know. Or I am my own God. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the real idolatry that we face in yeah. our day and age, right? That all of these practices that we have are symbols of our own love of ourselves yeah. and our own worship and preservation of our own selves above all else. And I mean, I think that was true even in this ancient culture and like it was all a preservation of themselves through the control that they had over these gods that they worshiped and whatever. Not saying like they're so primitive and we're so, you know, high and mighty. Like it's the same heart issue across all these generations. Um, The last little thing, which it goes with blessings and with idolatry, but apathy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to read Deuteronomy 4, 9 again here. Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen and they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life. What we don't purposefully remember, we're going to forget. Forgetfulness is our nature. And I think we've said this over and over again, but it is important. (laughs) This is something you need to accept and acknowledge for yourself as a believer, that it is not a guarantee that if you just go about your own life, doing things your own way, that even a year from now, you're going to be following the Lord. And again, has nothing to do with his power or his might or his goodness or his glory or any of those things. Those things don't change. Like we're just really, really bad at remembering them. And so I think this leads really well into the next session, which is how do we battle this? Like what what can we do to battle forgetfulness? Uh, But I want to read really fast this like second half of Deuteronomy. I don't even know when verse this starts in, but Again, read the chapter for yourselves. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. From there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search for him with all your heart and all your soul. When you are in distress and all these things have come upon you, in the latter days you will return to the Lord your God and listen to his voice. For the Lord your God is a compassionate God. He will not fail you, nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant with your fathers, which he swore to them. Know therefore today and take it to heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and on the earth below. There is no other. So you shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I am giving you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may live long on the land which the Lord your God is giving you for all time. So before I put any like impetus on you to remember these things for yourself, like God is gracious. He is compassionate. He does not forget ever. He does not forget his goodness towards you. Um, Our weakness and ineptitude and forgetfulness and all of these things do not change the fact that you have a God who loves you and seeks you and does not give up on you. Even if you've fallen into these things for yourself in a 
in a big way. Yeah. He does not forget you. But there are some things that we can do. And even in this passage that it talks about, right? You know, carrying these things on to your children and whatever, whatever. So I want to talk about the few things that we do have control over. The first one, the most important one, and this is again and again and again and again through Moses' whole sermon here, know, love, study, and teach God's word. Mm. So Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9 sums this up really well. And this is a really famous passage of scripture here. These words, which I am commanding you today, shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And so we talk about this all the time. Like this isn't something that we haven't discussed on here. We talk about devotions and Bible study and scripture reading and all these other things. Mm -hmm. If you are not reading and saturating yourself with and teaching your children and putting yourself in a position to be taught the word of God on a regular basis, it is something that you will forget, that you'll lose your taste for, that you'll lose your hunger for. We as humans are, we're so fickle and we're so hungry for whatever is in front of us. Like whatever we feed ourselves the most, that's what our tastes are. And, you know, this passage is so beautiful and I, I really like there's something so beautiful about the Jewish culture like even even now right that they are so you know and there's variation but they're so good at having these like traditions and yeah. these um the importance of scripture reading and prayers that are directly from scripture and all these things where it's just part of life yeah. it's just what they say it's what they do their children know it um and I I think we could do a better job of this. Absolutely. <laughs> I know I can do a better job of this, right? Yeah. And so I'm curious if there's anything that you've found helpful in establishing this practice in your life. Again, something we've talked about a million times, yeah. but if you're new, if this is your first episode, let's give just a little brief overview. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that's, well, okay, two things. First thing is um, God has created you to like learn in a specific way. Mm-hmm. Um, don't fight the way that the Lord has made you to learn. Yeah. Accommodate that with the way that you approach devotions. Mm -hmm. And this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. There's so many people that are like, I just have such a hard time doing my devotions in this way. And I just want to shake them and be like, then don't do it in that way. Like do it in a different way. And that's something I've had to do. You know what I mean? Like I don't like devotionals. I really don't like devotionals. I'm the same way. And like they low-key make me angry. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And, and that's not valid, but I'm just painting a picture for you. <laughs> it's honest. It's yeah, honest. it's just honest. Um, and so I stopped using devotionals. And granted, I'll use like, um, like we've talked a lot about the Daily Grace Co. like devotions. Right. It's a little bit more interactive. Exactly. And it's meant to accompany straight up scripture reading. Mm-hmm. I found that is what I love. And why would I fight that mm-hmm. to make my devotion time look like somebody else's and Mm -hmm. so that would be a big just like really practical tip for you if you know what your learning style is do that with your scripture time yeah and I think this is one of the helpful things about the roundtable discussions that we've been doing is just seeing how this can look in different seasons and I'm excited to hear from people you know that are coming down the pipeline but it really is something that doesn't have to look a certain way. The most important thing is that you are putting the word of God in front of yourself and 
reading it or listening to it or being exposed to it on a daily basis. And if that's one verse for now, that's one verse. Like God is the one who produces the fruit. You're just responsible to show up. That's it. Absolutely. Um, But like that should grow, you know, like the the point of this is that, yes. And it gives you the more that you are consistent and faithful in this, the more that your love for it will grow. And that's, that's a guarantee. That's how God made us first of all. And that's also his promise of his word is that it is life-giving it is refreshing it is water it is bread it is it is all of these things for us that satisfies everything that we need and so um maybe you just have to trust that and you know just take those first baby steps and that's the thing is I feel like I'm in a season right now where the Lord is just increasing my appetite for his word Mm -hmm. and I like (laughs) where I was kind of fighting to get through a chapter in a day Mm -hmm. I'm easily reading through four right now because I love it Mm -hmm. and I don't want to put it down it was funny I was finding myself like stopping myself in my reading and I was like why in the world am I doing doing this (laughs) like I need to just read that needs to be a clean chapter (laughs) I need to (laughs) cut it off you know it's like that's ridiculous like and so whatever that's a side note unrelated but the Lord does increase your desire for these things there's going to be a natural progression but the other thing I was thinking of and this is something I've been convicted of lately is truly like memorizing scripture I'm really bad at that Mm -hmm. I I part of it honestly might be I was required to memorize for school uh kindergarten through eighth grade (laughs) that was part of like every week I had to memorize a set scripture that they assigned to us and Mm -hmm. I never was memorizing them I was committing it to like my short-term memory Mm -hmm. for like recitation and then I it was gone yeah and so for me like memorization feels very like Mm chore-ish but the Lord has been really pressing it upon my heart recently to like actually be committing passages to memory and because I'm really good at concepts and understanding things conceptually but when it comes to fine details and things like that I I tend to struggle but there are so many tools for memorization one thing I've come across in Instagram targeted ads (laughs) is this thing where it's like um they are slowly having you memorize these small portions of scripture. And one of the things they do is they do temporary tattoos. Mm -hmm. um, And it just has the first letter of each word of Mm -hmm. the scripture so that you have to like be memorizing it to the old school way to do that was just with pen on your hand. (laughs) (laughs) But these are like cute, (laughs) like cute little temporary tattoos if you're into that. that. But anyways, major side note, but that is so important to like have a ready defense. Mm -hmm. You have to know the word of the Lord yeah, and you have to know it accurately, not just like your own interpretation, which is Mm -hmm. what I've been convicted of recently. Well, and knowing to teach, knowing to carry these forward, um, having a, like for me, my, a lot of, I have hunger for myself now. I really do. But so much of my hunger to know and to like plant these things like deep in my heart and in my soul. And I know for my husband as well, I've watched him over the last year, just, I mean, his time with the Lord has just (laughs) exponentially grown, but so much of that has to do with, we want these things to be the natural outflow of our conversation of our home so that we don't have to just like, okay, on Sunday nights, we read the Bible around the table. Like we want to do those things. But so that just the way we talk to our child, the way that we raise our sons and the way that, way that we like mm-hmm. interact with them and um, teach them to interact with each other is just a natural outflowing of the truth yeah. of God's word. Um, 
you know, it's easy to it's easy to teach and tell, but to like actually show and walk out is so much more challenging and humbling. Yeah. So, you know, take that for what it is. The next thing is to know and share your testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, g- uh, God instructed his people to share stories of his faithfulness regularly. Like this was part of the culture of the Hebrews and it still is a big part of Jewish culture, but feasts, holidays, prayers, Sabbath, all of these different things were little ways for them to remember how he brought them out of Egypt, how he saved them, how he rescued them, how he provided for them, how he loved them, how he set them apart, all these things. Um, They needed to know and be reminded of constantly, weekly, daily, um, hourly of, (laughs) of God's faithfulness and what he had done for their people and what he had done for them. And my challenge for you, do you know what God has done? Do you know your testimony? Do you know the greater story of God's faithfulness to his people and for the, to the world? Consider taking time to pray and to write out your personal story with the Lord for yourself. I, that's like kind of a hard thing to do is to summarize like what, and a lot of us have, you know, uh, grown up in the church or maybe we don't have a moment where it's like, that's when I was saved or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean you don't have a testimony. That doesn't mean the Lord hasn't saved you and spared you and protected you and done all these things for you. Um, but I would just challenge you to to write this out for yourself, maybe the long form and then maybe a short form mm-hmm. synopsis of these things. We did this in our home group recently and it was really, really beautiful. Um, so, you know, how can you share this regularly and naturally where you are currently yeah. in your life, exactly where you are? And that's maybe just something for you to noodle on for yourself. We don't have a ton of time to go into it yeah. for you, but that's an important part. Another thing is worship and regular church attendance. Community helps remind us that we're not alone that God moves in his whole church and all of his people, and that he is worthy of worship. Um, Church attendance is not really optional. Um, It's something that throughout his word that he talks about constantly and not forsaking the gathering of saints and all these things. And worship of God is, again, just his word is filled with it. Um, The writings of, you know, David and other other psalmists and um, constantly just throughout the epistles and through you know, uh, prophetic works and all of these things, the worship of God is just a constant theme and something for us just in the modern church we exist in today, like singing songs of praise, songs that are like focused on God that are filled with the truth of his word, um, even when we don't feel like it, can train and stir up our souls to agree with and to worship him. Um, It's as much a practice and a discipline as it is an enjoyable, beautiful thing. And it's, it's just so good to be in genuine community. This is something we've been talking about a lot in our church lately, but it is just true. We are not meant to be alone. We are not designed to be alone. God never created his people to be these splintered offshoots that don't interact with each other. Like we are a body. Um, So I don't know if you had anything to say. You look like you might. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was just listening. I, it is so, I mean, just to kind of like polish this off, it is so easy to forget the Lord's faithfulness and what he's brought us from. Um, And I think we talk about this concept a lot in church. I don't know if this is like a 
more Foothill specific thing or not, but mm-hmm. we I feel like we've talked a lot about the concept of the Israelites building monuments. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like leaving things at different locations where the Lord like met them mm-hmm. and they would, you know, do a, whatever rock formation or mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a well or whatever it yeah. was uh, to like remember naming things, exactly. specific things and whatever. Yeah. And I think that that is something super practical that we could do. Um, and that, could be writing things down, like mm-hmm. write things down. I promise it is so helpful. I can't tell you how many times I have found things I wrote um, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot that this is how heavily the Lord was moving in this time. Mm-hmm. Because like we've talked about, I remember the events. Like I, re- I remember when my grandpa died, mm-hmm. but I don't remember what it felt like to experience the love and the comfort of mm-hmm. the Lord until I look back on things I wrote during that time. And yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, like the Lord met me in that. And then that just increases my faith mm-hmm. for the things I'm experiencing today. And so absolutely, I would just say like super practically, um, that's something I think we all should be doing or uh, I don't know. There's just different ways of doing that. But yeah. um, leaving, I mean, we, leaving a paper trail for yourself. Right. <laughs> and we do this in so many other ways. And I think about how naturally this kind of happens in like family culture or yeah. friend groups or things like that, that we're not necessarily writing things down, yeah. but we're talking about them constantly. Mm-hmm. And we remember them and we tell the same stories over and over yeah. again. And we have the inside jokes and things like that. And it can and should be like that in your faith community as well. Yeah. And it can and should be that like that in your families in relationship to the Lord and to what he's done in discussing these things at your at your dinner table and yes. having these spaces where it just is built into like God is God is so good. Yeah. He is and we've seen it and we know it and we've tasted it. And not only that, but look at his word and what he's done and I mean it's just it's natural for us to like seek that out in community anyways, but like centering it on the Lord and finding community that's centered on the Lord where we can have those same kind of habits and practices is so beautiful. Last thing in this, exactly what you were just talking about really well is gratitude. And we're quick to grumble just like Israel was, um, you know, I'm really tired of manna, right? (laughs) But the position of our hearts determines the direction of our lives, right? Like from, um, from the heart, from the mouth, like flow the springs of life, right? That the way that we choose to think and to see things and the perspective we choose to have affects the actual direction of our lives yeah. and our obedience and all of those things. And we have a whole episode on gratitude and gratefulness. So go back and listen to that for more practical things here. But gratitude is a practice as much as it is a heart position. Yeah. So um, that is what we have for you today. And I hope this was encouraging. I hope it was challenging. I hope you're feeling a little bit like... Um, encouraged to establish some of these practices in your life, but also just encouraged about the goodness of God to his people, his faithfulness, his provision, his love. Um, And those things are just as true for you as they were for the Hebrews. Um, And yeah. 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 Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, All good things. I just love, honestly, this podcast has done so much good for my own walk with the Lord. Just every time we talk, I feel so encouraged and like I want to be closer to the Lord. And that's our goal for this, for everybody listening. Um, And so I hope you're all experiencing the same thing I do. And that's just being challenged to like worship God better Mm -hmm. and draw closer to him. To seek his face and not just his hand, right? Like that's what we're all about here is we want, we want to, 
love and seek and obey God as he is and not as we make him to be and not as we want him to be. That is our challenge for all of you. That's our challenge for ourselves. That's what I feel like this pushes me to do all the time. And I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful for you all. And we can't wait to talk to you again soon. Yes. Have a good day. Oh, Oh. also, oh my goodness, who are we? We're (laughs) we're doing so, we're failing our job as podcasters to not promote ourselves here. But you can find us on uh, Instagram at the Katie's Podcast, or you can email us anytime, the Katie's Podcast at gmail.com and we will get back to you. Uh, We hope this was encouraging and, you know. There you go. There's it ends with our plug as it always does. Yes. <laughs> wow. You almost you almost got out of here unscathed, but never, not today. <laughs> never ever. So, anyways, we will talk to you soon. Yes. We love you guys. <laughs> Bye.